You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you inspiration and resources to help you discover and live from your truest self. Follow along on social media at Collected Workshops and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and to learn more. McNelly. I'm Michaela Hooper. And I'm Jess Biondo. Today we are interviewing Carla Romero, and you guys are going to be so impressed with this beautiful woman of God. She's a wife, a mother, a businesswoman, an entrepreneur. She's had careers in all different kinds of fields, and she's carried all different kinds of dreams, but um, you you just can't miss her energy and her enthusiasm for mm-hmm. serving people well. Mm-hmm. And she is the author of a book, Dare to Deviate, where she talks about how to take those risks to follow the path that is most life-giving, mm-hmm. like despite what obstacles come your way. Yeah. Um, so I really hope you enjoy hearing her story and how she came to have that powerful message. Carla, welcome to the podcast. Um, To get us started today, the first question we have for you is, when is a time that you questioned the path you were on and how did you wrestle through that? Yeah, so um, I don't know if you guys are from the South, but for me, growing up here from upstate South Carolina, you're kind of supposed to get married by the time you are 22, I think is like the age that the South kind of deems that you're supposed to get married. Yeah. Um, I that, went to a Christian well, college, so, so I understand that. Yeah. You yeah. Totally Ring by spring it. was our right. motto. Ring mm-hmm. by spring. Yeah, yeah that was like a long that. time ago. Uh-huh, yeah. uh-huh. <laughs> so that, you know, did not pan out for me. And so I went through my 20s and some serious relationships, but never... Um, went down the path of engagement or anything like that. And so, uh, you know, I really, I gave my 20s to adventure and I don't regret Mm -hmm. that at all. I did a lot of fun stuff during that time and pursued some passions that I would not have been able to do had I been married or had children. So no regrets there, but getting to... 30 was like, <laughs> uh-oh, what have I done, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, again, if you're from the South, you'll totally understand this, but I remember going home to my parents. Um, my parents are from, like I said, upstate South Carolina, and their church there, very sweet gentleman. He meant nothing by it, but he said to me, he was like, you know, so do you have, do you have children yet? Are you married? And I was like, no, neither of those, but, you know, we're doing all right. And he was like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'll pray for you. Oh, yeah. And I was like, like I had some sort of disease yeah. of like singleitis, you know? <laughs> and, um, and I just remember that moment of feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm one of four girls in my family. All of my sisters are married and had started their families. And here I was, mm-hmm. and I was in a serious relationship and had been going on almost four years at the time. And, um, I, you know, I held on to that until, in, until the bitter end because I just thought that that's where, that's what I was supposed to do. I was supposed to get married. By this time, I was 33 years old and still no ring in sight. And it really, the relationship was so toxic and um, very roller coaster. And just, we just were not right for each other. He's a great person, but we just were not right for each other. And we were trying to make it fit. Mm-hmm. And um, all this time, I, I really felt God telling me like, this is not what I have for you. This yeah. is not what I have for you. But I 
I didn't trust him. And that was like a very eye-opening season for me. I'd been walking with the Lord, or at least I thought I had for many years, but it wasn't until I got to this place where I, you know, long history of culture and pressures that I put on myself and maybe even some from family, but not not hard pressures, but just enough to make me feel like it's time. You know, mm-hmm. I remember my parents jokingly saying that they spent my wedding allowance on their kitchen remodel oh, no. <laughs> because they were like, well, it's probably not going to happen. Yeah. They were totally joking. But at the same time, like those little things you remember, yeah. you remember and it, it cuts you. Mm-hmm. And so um, I held on to that relationship to the, to the bitter end. And I got to a place with God. And I just remember one night, like, the, the relationship had officially ended at that point, and we had a very mature conversation, and, and he walked out of my little, tiny, one-bedroom, overpriced apartment at Uptown Charlotte, <laughs> and he walked out that night, and I just remember having a very raw conversation with God of like, mm. why are you holding out on me? You know, mm. like, I love you. I worship you. I'm in your word. I'm, I'm faithful at church. I tithe, you know, like, yeah. I'm, I'm checking all the like, boxes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, what about me? And I just yeah. remember hearing him very clearly say, like, I'm not holding out on you. You're holding out on me. You oh. have not, you have not allowed me to give you my best. So that night I just, I, I turned on, I heard him say the word surrender to mm. me. And I think I, thought I needed that word in my life at that point, but I certainly didn't feel that word. Mm-hmm. And I, I do believe that word comes with feeling mm-hmm. and um, not just thought. And so I played I Surrender All, C.C. Wine's version on repeat until my MacBook Pro speakers probably just were ready to die <laughs> <clears throat> and just cried myself to sleep that night. Mm-hmm. And in a tear-soaked pillow, I I just gave it all over to him. I really did. And I left, I have a dear friend Faith, and she says it this way, you know, I, I took my I took my my prayers from the feet of Jesus to right up into his lap mm-hmm. and like put my put my head like right up next to my daddy's chest and just cried out to him, mm-hmm. you know? And I got to a place where I really understood that word surrender of like you know, before it was like, of course, God, your way's not mine. Your way's not mine. But, but if you could just do this, you know, mm-hmm. like I always had like a little, little caveat, little addendum to my, <clears throat> my request from him or my surrender rather to him, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me. And, um, and at this point I was like, no, like I really, I really just want your ways, mm-hmm. whatever that looks like, however long it takes. Like I am, I am there, like I am done doing it my way. And you know, the world tries to tell you, okay, so that relationship was four years. You're going to have to let your heart mend for at least half the time of that relationship. So now it's going to be two years to mend your heart. Right. <laughs> you're going to need to date someone for at least a year to get to really know them. And then if you're getting engaged, you know, at least be engaged for a year and then you're probably going to be married for at least two years before you start having children. You know, like that's the timeline oh, yeah. the world gives you're you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I'm like, I'm going right, to be like, you know, in the nursing home by the time like this all plays out, like, you know, <laughs> and, um, and, and so anyways, that night I cried myself to sleep, full surrender, giving all over. And this is just the power of God, but woke up that Sunday feeling so light, so light, mm. like physically, emotionally, spiritually, everything just light. Like I can't even fully explain it with words. It's just this, he, he took all the burdens away, you yeah. know, everything I'd been carrying for 33 years, he just took it away in yeah. one night, one night. 
And that Sunday, Jonathan Romero, who is now my husband, asked me out on a date. We went on our first date that following Wednesday. We got engaged eight months later. Three months later, we were married. And one year later, we were pregnant with our little girl. And who is the cutest? Thank you. (laughs) And now we have our second on the way. And I'm still not 40. So, you know, congratulations. (laughs) Thank you. Still not in the nursing home yet. So, you know, God is good and God is faithful. And um, that, that season of surrender just took mm-hmm. me through so many other, um, it just, it taught me so much mm-hmm. and it took me through so many other areas of my life where, you know, God brought me back to that, that season of surrender and reminding me of what that looks like and what that means. Wow. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, you're welcome. Yeah. That's, um, the word surrender, I, what I heard or what I kept hearing as you were talking was just sacrifice, you mm-hmm. know, like there was even in your conversation with God that night, there was, um, it's like you came to grips with the sacrifice that was required, um, in the surrender. And I think that that's sometimes what we're not actually willing to do is sacrifice, Mm -hmm. like give it all. Right. And that's surrendering. Right. And that means that you might actually sacrifice something. Right. And yet resting in the fact that God knows the desires of your heart. Right. He put them there. Right. And so, it, I mean, it's just, yeah, it's crazy that process, but amazing how he, how you just came to that place of like, all right, mm-hmm. I am done. Right. I'm going to surrender and it's going to be full surrender. That's and how right. powerful when we actually do that. Right. And that sacrifice, you're right. It's so true. Like it, I was willing to sacrifice anything. Mm. If that meant, if that, and I I really remember saying this to him, like, God, if it means Mm -hmm. I never get married, I never get married. You Mm -hmm. know, if it means I have to wait 10 more years to, to be the, meet the person you want me to meet, it means 10 more years, whatever that looks like you, like you said, you know, the desires of my heart, you Mm -hmm. know, that I want this in my life now, you know, I, I personally can't see even just this year in 2018, God me took, took me through another season of surrender. And I was reading a verse um, in Proverbs. We all know it. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your understanding. In all your ways, surrender to him, and he will make your path straight. Uh, some some versions say, in all your ways, acknowledge him. But of course, I like the version that says surrender. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But, you know, like there have been so many different times in my life when I felt like I didn't have any direction. You know, I mm-hmm. didn't know which way to go and, and how to navigate certain things, whether it's motherhood or um, a fundraising campaign I was doing or my business or a relationship, whatever the case, you know, like whatever, in whatever way I felt lost and lacking direction, I wanted a straight path. You know, mm-hmm. straight paths is where you can go fast. Yeah. You can accelerate yeah. things on a straight path. You know, you don't have to be cautious and you can just straight down. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I wanted. I wanted him to make my path straight. But what did we have to do? And God prompted me this past year when I was reading that verse. He was like, read it backwards. Read it backwards. That's what he told me to do. And so I read it backwards. And I was like, surrender. You know, it starts with surrender. Mm-hmm. You have to surrender. But then before that, what does it say? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. And so many times, like, that's what I did. I was leaning on my own understanding. You know, like I was saying before, you know, okay, God, you know, yes, your ways, not mine. But but don't forget, you know, this, you know, don't forget X, Y, and Z. You know, don't forget how much I care for him. And don't mm-hmm. forget all the things I did, you know, to be in this relationship, the sacrifices that I made. Don't forget those things. 
but you know, he wants that he has things, his, his thoughts are higher than ours Mm -hmm. and we cannot comprehend all the goodness that he has for us. So then it goes back to the very first word, trust. Do you trust him? Yeah. Do you trust him? And if you do, you know, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. And it's all going to work out for for his good, for our good. And, and we just have to believe that. Mm-hmm. And so um, he's done that with me time and time again, over and over. So surrender's always been. I even walked down the aisle to that song. That was. It's <laughs> <laughs> appropriate. Yeah. Well, and you have seen God work this way, not only in your relationships, but in your purpose Mm -hmm. in business too and with your story of like finding your passion Mm -hmm. so can you tell us more about that yeah absolutely so I I coined myself as being called the corporate misfit um you know a little bit of Goldilocks there like I you know tried this bowl of soup it's too hot and this one's too cold you know I couldn't quite find my perfect porridge in the corporate world and Mm -hmm. I'm a hard worker I love to work um I like to be useful you know I like to feel like my gifts and talents that God has given me are being utilized Mm -hmm. and And I tried so many different things. I was a teacher for a little while. I have my master's in education. Um, I sold wine, which that was a lot of fun. <laughs> I probably consumed a little too much of the samples there. <laughs> but you to right? make sure you have a good product. This one's good. Right, right, this one's good. Right, right. Um, I did television for a little while, worked for a couple of years in Nashville on television. So I, I, I tried it all. I yeah. mean, it wasn't for, for lack of trying, you know, in yeah. the corporate world. And, um, and so ultimately that led me to, um, a brave decision that really comes back to my husband. My husband is the one that, that really encouraged me to take this leap of faith. I, I've watched him be so, so successful and yet so humble in his success with his business. And, and I just admire that. I, I, I envy people. I know not everyone's a corporate misfit. I envy people who, who were kids and like, I want to be, I want to be a lawyer, you know? And so your path is set out. You know what you have to do. You've got to go to college. You got to take the LSAT law school, take the bar and get yourself a good firm job. You know, like that's your career. That's your path. I didn't have that, mm-hmm. you know? And so if you're, if you're the creative, if you're the entrepreneur minded person, um, you know, entrepreneur was not a word when I, I mean, it was a word, but it wasn't a word you heard a lot back right. when I was in high school and college, yeah. you know? Um, and so there were, there was no guidance on that. And so it took me trying and failing and trying and failing. And, um, I can, I can honestly say I never got fired, <laughs> which is a good thing. Good job. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. And I've, I've, I've maintained great relationships with every employer I've had, but it just came to a place where I just got tired of asking for permission to live my life, mm-hmm. you know, um, whether it was a, a wedding that I was invited to be a part of, but didn't have the accrued PTO or even just like a happy hour with my girlfriends. And, you know, I couldn't get out of work early enough to go visit, to go be with them or or, you know, once Jonathan and I started dating and I was working some weekends, like there wasn't coverage, you know, whatever the case, like I just got tired of asking for permission to live my life. Wow. And so when this opportunity of my, uh, my business came across my plate, I'll be honest, like my first instinct was, you know, we, we, our company sells skincare and I am a recovering skincare junkie. <laughs> 
And I just wanted all those products at a really good discount. Mm-hmm. But I knew that in order to convince my husband, he, and again, you heard the timeline, we dated for eight months, engaged for three, and got married. <laughs> so he wasn't quite up to speed with my skincare addiction just yet. Oh, no. So I knew that oh, in order gosh. to convince him of such a purchase, I would need to approach it in business terms. Mm, right. um, I jokingly say in our marriage Wise that woman. he's the money and I'm the funny. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, here's here's some facts, here's some figures, and here's why I think this would be a great opportunity for us to embark upon. You know, big words like that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like embark. <laughs> and so um, when, but he actually took a look at it and he said, you know what? I do think this is a great opportunity for you. And not only do I think you should get that kit, but you should actually get the very large kit like you should get the biggest kit and I was like yes sucker thank you Jesus this <laughs> yeah. is the perfect man yeah. for me I was like <laughs> I fooled him <laughs> and it was just a couple a couple of weeks into it and he was like hey remember how you told me this was a business opportunity yeah it's time for you to step up and actually work this like a business and I was okay. like oh man he was serious <laughs> we're learning so much about each other here in our first month of marriage and um so after that, I, I was like, okay, I'll, I'll do this. I'll have fun with it. And honestly, that's what I did. I just had fun. I honestly just had the best time um, just playing around, um, hustling away. I had a full-time job at the time and just having a good time. And the next month, we went on our honeymoon. So this would be January in 2015. We had a delayed honeymoon because of my non-existent PTO that I had already taken up for my wedding. So I used up the rest of my PTO for that year to go on our honeymoon. And while we were on our honeymoon, I I got my first paycheck from the company. And it shocked me. Like it wasn't, you know, to to put to rest any myths out there. It wasn't like $10,000 like some people might think comes with an opportunity like this that never happens. But it was enough to raise my eyebrows mm-hmm. and say, wow, I did that just having fun. Like, what can I do if I really put all my cards on the table mm-hmm. and gave this a shot? Well, as fate would have it, when we got back to, we went to um, South America for our honeymoon. So when we got back to America, back to Charlotte um, from our honeymoon, I found out the second the plane landed that my company had eliminated my department. And so it was like this big wake-up call for us. And um, fortunately, my husband's income was able to support us. But again, I like to work. Mm -hmm. I enjoy working. That is not an option for me to not work. And so um, the company, it was nothing personal. They offered to keep us all as employees, but the department position that they wanted to put us in didn't make sense for me. Mm. And so with prayerful consideration, my husband and I said, you know, let's take a leap. Let's do this. And, you know, let's just see what can happen. Mm. And at that time, that's when I learned the power of having a plan B. And so that's when like dare to deviate sort of like, that's the inception of it all. You know, doing your own thing, believing in yourself enough to go out and do something for yourself um, it may start as a plan B, and you never know when that plan B could become a plan A. You just mm-hmm. never know. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. 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 And and so that's when I first saw that. I mean, I've always been a, a, a one-job person, you know, and and I never saw the importance of having those multiple streams of income mm-hmm. and, and doing something for yourself. Um, so that's when the whole concept started, and I just – 
that was just sort of like a phrase that kept coming back in my mind and kept coming back in my mind during my first year of business. And after that year, I was encouraged just to put all my little my little mementos down on paper <laughs> and and so that's how the that's how the book came to be and i love your book and oh, for all of our you. listeners we'll put a link to okay, it thank um, you. in the show notes Hey guys, Jess here. So one of our sponsors is me, Whispers of Foundry. Um, I started this hand lettering business about two years ago, and I bring you whimsical hand lettered inspirational sayings, cards, prints, wood signs, you name it, I will do it. Uh, go to my Etsy shop at sprezzafoundry.etsy.com. That's Sprezza, S-P-R-E-Z-Z-A, Foundry. And also on Instagram at Spreza Foundry. Use promo code PODCAST for 10% off your order. Uh, you can direct message me for any custom jobs that you're interested in. And I would love to Sprezify your house, bring a little nonchalant elegance from my home to yours. Give us a few more of those tidbits. Yeah. Like for someone who is on the brink of, you know, thinking about maybe they want to dare to deviate mm-hmm. and branch off from the norm. Yeah. What words do you have for them? Yeah. So what I personally love about my book is, um, ironically, I'm not that much of a reader. <laughs> I, I do read because I know it's important, but I'm a slow reader. My reading comprehension, I've always tested low on it. So it just takes me a lot longer to read. So what I do like about my book is like, it's these one page little sessions. It's you so know? cute. Thank too. you. Yeah. Thank you. It's just, it's like 20 something little tidbits to get you through and the very first page talks about um, it talks about like putting on your blinders you know you've got to you just made a bold decision so whenever you decide to do this if you say okay you know what this is the day I'm going to open that shop I'm going to join that business I'm going to do that thing I'm going to move to California whatever it is you're going to do like whatever your thing is you're immediately going to have naysayers Mm -hmm. immediately and they're going to be louder than ever before yeah but you have got to root yourself in why you did this and knowing that like what you were doing before was not fulfilling you. Mm-hmm. It was not feeding your soul. And you, ha- you, d- you, you, d- you owe it to yourself to see that adventure out, right. whatever it looks like. You know, I had moments before I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, after a, a teaching career, just went down the toilet and I high-fived all my teacher friends out there because, <laughs> Michaela and I. oh my gosh, <laughs> high fives to y'all because that is a career I just, I, yeah. I d- could not do. Um, but I, I flew off to Nashville without a job, without a dollar to my name. And so I'm just going to figure this out. And that was like my first like dare to deviate moment. I didn't mm-hmm. know it at the time. I really thought everything was going to fall into place yeah. and it didn't, mm-hmm. but I learned so much during those four years. So you owe it to yourself to just, and I had naysayers. My family didn't agree with what I was doing and they loved me, but did not fully support what I was doing. But you just got to put those blinders on. You have mm-hmm. to put those blinders on and know that what you're doing is for a greater purpose. Mm-hmm. Even if that's just for your own personal self-fulfillment, you know, yeah. you've got to do it. Well, and even if, you know, the Nashville thing didn't work out, mm-hmm. but I'm sure in that season, 
God taught you things and began to equip you with exactly. tools that you would need later on. Yeah. Exactly. In your story. Exactly. Oh, man, so much. I, I, if you can survive even just a short stint in the entertainment industry, I think you can do anything. I mean, <laughs> Nashville, I love that place. That place has my heart. But, man, I was told so many, oh, I'm, you're, we're going to do this. You're, we're going to make you this. And, like, man, they just pump you up with so much goodness, mm. and then nothing happens. <laughs> and so you learn really quickly how to bounce back. Back from that sort of, yeah. um, you know, inflated view mm-hmm. and then get grounded with reality pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that to me, what it sounds like is your time in Nashville propelled you mm-hmm. to like into this time of really not that you weren't operating or, mm-hmm. you know, honoring the Lord in that time, but it's like it propelled you into this time where you're doing Yes. The things that you you love to do yes. and you're investing in other people. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I was just, I was reading about you <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, like how, what an amazing journey that you've had so far you. and, and, and your obedience to, yeah, to jump in and go to Nashville, regardless mm-hmm. of what other people were saying, like you said. Um, but in that time you learned things about yourself that you probably would have never learned had you not taken that risk. Exactly. And had you listened to the naysayers, you may not have, you know, grown like you did there in that time. And now here you are. And I mean, tell us about like, you, I know you've written Dare to Deviate, but tell us about some of the work that you've been doing specifically with, um, cure for cancer. Like, oh yeah. Thank yeah. you. That was, um, this past year, 2018. So the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society nominated me for woman of the year, which is one of the most, um, prestigious fundraising campaigns that Charlotte has. We as a team collectively raised $1.5 million in just 10 weeks in the fight for a cure. So it was yeah, an incredible, inc- oh man, yeah. it was so incredible. But to your point, you're right. I mean, Nashville thickened my skin, mm-hmm. you know, big time, um, you know, rejection and nose and things like that. They don't bother me as an entrepreneur you're going to hear that every single day you're going to get rejection and if your if your skin isn't thick you know those those nose are like little paper cuts Mm -hmm. and those paper cuts build calluses you know and so over time I just (laughs) I have really thick skin from that stuff and it doesn't bother me and so from that it prepared me for my business and then my business then prepared me for this campaign you know I had an audacious goal of raising over three hundred thousand dollars in that 10 weeks I don't even know I mean it clearly came from the Lord, but I just don't even know where 300000 came from. I've never raised a dollar in my life, so I don't know why I thought I could raise $300,000 in 10 weeks. Um, I must have been out of my mind, but I, I believe that God put that on my heart because if I had made a, even a smaller goal than that, I wouldn't have kept going, kept pushing, and kept fighting, but man, I was relentless. I was so relentless. I named my team More Than Conquerors. You, you get to name your team, and I recruited some people to come be a part of that process with me. And um, so collectively, we raised over $175,000, which um, it put us wow. as the first runner up for Woman of the Year for Charlotte. Awesome. Yeah, it was That's an amazing, amazing. experience. Yeah. And to know that we are playing a part of, you know, LLS, for those who don't know, that is the organization that is moving the needle the most in terms of finding a cure for cancer because it's wow. blood cancer. Mm-hmm. And so when they can find a cure for blood cancer, that transcends to all other types of cancers. Mm-hmm. And um, so to play a part of that, I knew that I was playing a part of history. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Big time. Sure. And so every dollar that I was able to help generate for this 
cause. I knew, I mean, that's creating a cure for, for someone down the road that I'm, I don't even know, you know, mm-hmm. it's like for the next generation. Um, so that was a really honorable experience for me. <laughs> that's, that's a huge part of who we are as collected mm-hmm. is, you know, it, empowering each other mm-hmm. and, and coming together and working together to pursue mm-hmm. whatever it is that we're passionate about. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think, um, you just talking about your team and you guys pursuing, um, something for someone else mm-hmm. and seeing that come to life, um, mm-hmm. is so encouraging to me. And, um, I, I just, I know that you in a way already answered this, mm-hmm. but, um, how has God surprised you by you giving your yes to him? Mm. Like, yeah. How has he surprised you by the doors that he's opened mm-hmm. or the people that he's positioned you with? Or, sure. Yeah. I mean, the immediate thought that came to my mind was my husband, you mm-hmm. know, just the yes <clears throat> that I gave to God and my surrender and how he placed my husband in my life. You know, my husband and I were actually friends for a year and a half prior to dating, but I never once saw him in that light, but God changed my the way I saw him and, um, and, and like instantly too, you know, I love how God does things so instantly, you know, like that's, I just think that's so cool about him. But, um, but since then just, you know, that yes to him in, in, in my, my heart with relationships and just how that's opened doors. My husband has been such a cheerleader for me. I can't imagine doing life with anyone else. I mean, he is my rock. Um, he balances me out where I'm like crazy and like my head's just like a whole bowl of spaghetti. He is just, you know, (laughs) straight and focused and just keeps us all like on the right path. Um, and just, you know, just looking at our life and the way God has provided for us, um, the house, even just down to the small details of the house we were able to build together. Those are things that we never, never thought looking at our, our lives and just like how we grew up. That's something that we didn't see in Mm -hmm. our future, you know? Um, and so being obedient to him has been such, um, it's been such a journey, even just in, in recent times in 2018, we made a switch to a different church and we've always had amazing churches that have poured into us. Um, but recently we felt called to go to a more spirit filled, spirit led church. And that's something that I craved. And so, um, we, we left our church that we were attending for a long time, had amazing relationships with so many people there and still do. But, you know, God was faithful in that, you know, yes, Lord, we like, we want to hear from you. We want to hear from you and be, um, in this community of like-minded believers. And he honored that and took mm-hmm. us to a, to a new church. And we have just, again, instantly, I love how he instantly does it. We walk in and like, boom, we have friends there that we feel mm-hmm. like we've known for decades, mm-hmm. decades. Um, and, and we've, we're doing life with them regularly. And like, they are praying over us and laying hands on us during, during difficult seasons. But that happened instantly, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and so that's, that's how God has opened doors for us. But, you know, just being willing to walk through them, being able to see them and being willing to, to see the way that he guides you, um, is just in, in listening, man, you've got to listen for him. You've mm-hmm. got to be ready to hear his voice. Um, so many times in my life, I feel like I, he spoke to me, but I wasn't ready to listen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so just since saying yes, like I've been ready to listen and, and willing to go wherever it is that he wants to take us. Mm-hmm. We always like to leave our listeners with some practical resources and tips 
on how they can stay rooted in their identities. Mm -hmm. And so, of course, we'll link to your book because that's an incredible (laughs) motivator. Um, But what other things in your life help you stay rooted um, in your identity? Um, A recent book that I just read was The Circle Maker. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys have read that, but man, changed my prayer life big Mm -hmm. time. I don't think I ever prayed before I read that book. (laughs) Looking back on it, but that book really changed things. And if you want to get really deep, I don't know if anyone's read any A.W. Tozer books, mm-hmm. but man, um, God's pursuit of man. You know, I think we hear a lot of times about like how we should be pursuing God. And that's 100% true. But like really understanding the origin of that and how God pursued us first, yeah. it just like puts you at this this humbling place. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, it's so good. It's so good. Yeah. That's what I started 2018 with, and I was like, well, I don't even know where to go from here. <laughs> it's so good. But again, yeah. I'm a, remember, I'm reading comprehension is not my skill, so it took me a little while. That book is tiny, but it took me a hot minute to read that book because yeah. it's meaty. Yeah. It's meaty. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a good one. <laughs> really good. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank oh. you so oh much for coming yes. out today. Thank you. This was incredible. Thank and you. I I know I've said it a couple of times, but go out and get Dare to Deviate because it's a quick read, yeah. but it is powerful. Oh, and it's just you. packed with good truth. Thank you so much. Thanks, I really Carla. appreciate it. <laughs> Wow, that was an amazing interview. Carla is such an inspiring woman. Mm-hmm. She has so much going on and she's done so many things. And it's interesting to hear her stories of like, this worked and this didn't work. When I went after this, it wasn't my thing. And when right. I went after this, it totally was my thing. And I've been thinking a lot recently about the concept of prosperity. And as I dug into that word, I was... I was interested in the fact that prosperity essentially boils down to effectiveness. Mm. That when we're operating out of the abundance of what God has bestowed on us, our methods are incredibly effective. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was impressed with Carla's, um, just her motivation to serve people. And that motivation has caused her to be prosperous. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't mean that in like the material sense or financially or even though maybe some of those things follow. Yeah. But essentially it boils down to effectiveness in, yeah. in her ministry mm-hmm. as a businesswoman. She just exudes energy and yes. life. And you can see that she is doing what she's supposed to do right now. Yes. Yeah. And that motivates other people. For sure. She's in this room and I'm just fed off of her. I want to go and like create something new now. I just feel energized by (laughs) her. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Well, we hope you enjoyed this episode of The Collective Podcast and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you would spread the word. You can follow Collected on social media at Collected Workshops. You can also find Tia at Tia McNelly Notes and Jess at Spreza Foundry. Check back for weekly episodes dropping every Thursday.